0: Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Christina Zhang, who is CEO of the Metaverse Institute. Christina is a metaverse pioneer, having started her master's research in 2016 using metaverses to develop international strategies for universities. In 2012, she completed a PhD in using twin, digital twin in the metaverse to simulate construction projects. She has 16 years' experience in turning ideas into high growth business with global impact and extensive experience working with government ministers, university presidents, and business leaders in the industry. She has sat on over 20 committees for UNESCO, the World Bank, the Commonwealth, the EU, and UK governments. She is CEO of the Metaverse Institute, which is a group of pioneers in the Metaverse AI smart cities and assists organisations to improve the real world. Hi, Christine, it's great to have you all.
1: Very nice to meet you.
0: So just in terms of sort of setting the broad scene for people who aren't used to metaverses, can you give a better background of kind of what metaverses are and what, why do people care about metaverses? What, why are people interested?
1: Um, I think the whole idea about the metaverse is nothing new. And um, in 1992, there is an author called Neil Stevenson, and uh, he is the one who coined the term metaverse. In his science fiction novel called Snow Crash, where he envisaged a virtual reality based successor to the internet. And in the novel, uh, people use digital avatars of themselves to explore the online world. So that's how the idea was, you know, coined in the first place. And the world's first metaverse is actually created by a company called Linden Lab, based in San Francisco in 2003 called second life. So basically, they will allow users to really live in a parallel digital world in conjunction with their real world life, which is quite interesting. And and I guess your question about why metaverse, you know, matters, and that's that's really interesting question because what happens is, um, you know, the first wave of the metaverse take place between I would say 2003 and uh, 2012, roughly that period, led by Second Life, OpenSync and other metaverse-related platforms. And the second wave of the metaverse, which took place very recently since last year, when Roblox had a really successful IPO and they mentioned a lot about you know, metaverse and then followed by Facebook, The big giants, you know, in the tech space changing their name into Meta and Mark Zuckerberg, you know, make public announcement that he's committing more than 100 billion U.S. dollars in the space. So suddenly everyone's like talking about, you know, how this is going to revolutionize everything and anything. And we see a report from McKinsey talking about this is going to be a five trillion U.S. dollars economy by 2030. And then the Citibank group said, oh, that's actually not enough. We predict the whole economy is going to be 13 trillion U.S. dollars. And of course, there are other companies giving different figures. But those kind of really big numbers get a lot of people really excited. So you can see up to now, there are more than 120 billion U.S. dollars investments poured into anything and everything around the metaverse ecosystem. So that's why people are so excited about it now.
0: And that's very interesting. You see how you refer to kind of the businesses like Facebook, but more broadly, do you think metaverses are going to impact traditional businesses? And kind of what do you think are the most exciting use cases you're seeing at the moment in connection with metaverses?
1: Before we go into that, maybe it's better to have a clear definition of what is a metaverse. I I think at this moment, there are a lot of different, you know, ways to define the metaverse. But personally, I would say the metaverse is um, really the next generation of the internet, which is more immersive, interactive, and intuitive. But the interesting thing about what happens within the metaverse space now is actually instead of focusing on what, uh, Neil Stevenson has talked about when he coined the term, focusing on VR. Forty years after that taking place, the metaverse now is actually become a convergence of a whole range of different technologies coming together. So, what a lot of people talking about in terms of gaming VR are very tiny parts of the metaverse ecosystem there is a really interesting concept about the seven layers of the metaverse. And it's talking about all the way from IT infrastructure of the metaverse. So we're talking about 5G, 6G, Wi-Fi, clouds, semiconductor chips, GPUs, et cetera, all the way to the human interface. So we're talking about mobile phones, smart glasses, wearables, haptics, gesture, voice recognitions, neurosensors, and then to the decentral part which is all about like edge computing, AI, uh, microservices, blockchain, and then to spatial computing. So that's when we start to talk about like VR, AR, XR, multi-task user interface, geospatial mapping. And then, you know, to the layer when a lot of us are really excited about about the creator's economy. That's when we having all the NFT, digital assets, e-commerce coming in, as well as, like, uh, you know, different uh, gaming, esports, virtual theaters, et cetera. So I think we need to have this definition clearly defined before we go even further. But at this moment, what's really interesting is um, the metaverse should be the next generation of the internet, but how long it will take for it to take place is still a good question.
0: That's very interesting. Here, in, in terms of kind of the variety of different things that the metaverse can cover, are you seeing kind of core issues that that all these things kind of are facing, and other kind of challenges which the metaverses you think have in terms of to deal with at the moment in order to try and get widespread adoption?
1: There is a like a lot of issues really need to be addressed at this moment. So. For example, um, the first major issue that needs to be addressed is the digital divide, because the global population has recently hit 8 billion. And uh, unfortunately, out of the 8 billion population we have in the world, about one third of them do not have access to the internet. So when we are talking about all the many different Exciting opportunities and um, potentials the metaverse related ecosystem can bring to our society. How could we ensure those one third population who do not have access to the internet do not lose out or even, you know, be further, you know, discriminated against because they do not have access to digital? That's a major issue. And uh, the second issue I think everyone should be fully aware of is um, how we really evaluate the environment impact of the computing power and energy consumption associated with creating the digital infrastructure and all the simulations around the metaverse is still too early to tell. And I just give you one example. Last year, there is a report from Cambridge University uh, at the time where crypto, you know, is really at its peak prices. So what they found out is Bitcoin mining uh, of around the world is actually more than the energy consumption of Argentina as a whole country. So you can see that can be really, really damaging. So what happens in response, the U.S. President, Joe Biden, you know, had some really, you know, strong wording regarding that. And one of the press release sent out from the White House was basically saying that crypto mining has stopped the U.S. government to achieve its UN Sustainable Development Goals, and therefore they are looking at ways to legislate that to ensure it doesn't cause any further damaging impact. So digital assets is only one part of the metaverse ecosystem, and and imagine when we say the future of the technology is fully, you know, uh, matures in the years to come. In theory. Every single one of us should fairly easily to create our own metaverse in the same way like we create uh, our own social media, say TikTok, you know, um Twitter, etc. So when that happens, imagine having eight billion metaverse existing in the world. How much more energy consumption will that be? There is not yet any, you know, empirical data or, you know, proper research to looking at that. So we need to be very mindful, you know, how we can cope with that. So that will be the second point. And the third point, actually, the figure is from Intel. So they predict that in order to unleash the full potential of the metaverse, we need at least another 1,000 times computing power to really generate the simulated digital world required. So that's probably going to take some time to make it happen. And I would say the fourth biggest challenges will be to do with online safety and uh, digital identity. So how could you ensure people, once they created their own avatar in the virtual space, they will be able to behave responsibly? That's the first point. And the second point is we know a large number of avatars will be generated by AI, especially linked with the most recent, you know, hot topic, um, um, generative AI so if you know the avatar generated through AI cause any you know like uh, damage of AI which is you know controlled by human beings, how could you going to define you know all the relevant you know legal issues? that's going to be challenging and uh, and, and of course there will be like all kinds of other issues. You know around so especially with uh, you know a large number of the word internet is actually not indexed and we call that deep net about ninety five percent of them I think is like deep nets, which are not included by Google at all and among them I think another five percent is called dark nets. and that's you know unfortunately full of uh, illegal activities. So imagine the metaverse is going to be the next generation of the internet, where we are only focusing on 5% of the next generation of the internet. So what should we do with the rest of 95, which are not even in, in people's, you know, debate or discussion? So I guess it will take some time to really looking at all the risks and uh, barriers and and say, what can we do to really maximise the benefits of the metaverse and uh, take it to the next level to create positive social impact to benefit people?
0: Yeah. No, That's really interesting and, and in-depth in breakdown of some of the challenges. Just maybe looking for the positive for a, for a moment kind of hear a bit of what do you see as the future of the metaverse? How do you see things developing over the next uh, short, medium to long term?
1: Now, there are two types of metaverse developing at the same time. The first type is uh, mainly focusing on consumer-based activities. So we're talking about like uh, roadblocks you know, sandbox, decentralized, uh, meta, et cetera. They are very much focusing on individual and user. And, uh, the other type of metaverse development is very much focusing on 2B. So it's enterprise metaverse. So we're talking about like Microsoft, HoloLens and, uh, Nvidia. They are doing a lot of, you know, amazing work through digital twin. Uh, they have a platform called Omnibus. And, and of course, there will be like uh, other companies, you know, working in that kind of space. So what's happening now is, um, as you can see, there are reports from some media and say, you know, some metaverse related platform, they have uh, not enough active consumers, you know, uh, working or playing or you know, doing all kinds of fun stuff in the platform. And I think one of our reports said like uh, less than 30 active users on a daily basis, which is a little bit low. That's perfectly normal because we are in a recession now. And uh, worldwide, a lot of countries are suffering from double digits, high inflation. and And whenever the recession happens, consumers will try to cut spendings across all kinds of key areas, and entertainment will be one of the top areas want to cut so when you have all the you know consumer focused metaverse you know platforms, you will see the numbers drop really massively. but my prediction will be maybe when the you know um when the recession is over, it will bounce back. Because at the other side, all the big investment, either from governments or from big investors, they are all focusing on the enterprise side of the metaverse. So there is a lot of investment goes into the IT infrastructure, things like 5G, 6G, mm. Wi-Fi, and all the other things, as well as like content computing. Because content computing, it has more than 158 million tons, you know, computing power than any supercomputer we currently have. And once content computing are in place, the whole IT infrastructure of anything we talk about around the metaverse will be completely transformed. So a lot of investment is going to that kind of space to lay the solid foundation of uh, the metaverse and that's developing really solidly. And I remember, you know, for NVIDIA, for the digital twin they have provided for enterprise solution, they already got more than 300 big corporate worldwide working with them to looking at all kinds of real world simulation. So that's that's like uh, developing really fast. And uh, recently, I think Microsoft has signed an agreement with Accenture to also looking at different uh, digital twin applications. So there will be lots of big players who are all jumping into the enterprise metaverse environment. And their focus will be very solid, long-term infrastructure of the IT environment of metaverse. So when they are doing that, in maybe let's say one year, two years time, when the recession is over, because the IT infrastructure of the metaverse is so much better um, than we are having now. So the consumer side facing like metaverse will benefit tremendously from this enhanced IT infrastructure. And as soon as the recession is over, there will be suddenly a huge explosion of consumer related metaverse start to flourish and then it will be a very interesting you know, interaction between the consumer side of the metaverse and the enterprise side of the metaverse. They will develop hand in hand moving forward. So I think the future will be very bright, but I think the immediate term might be a little bit uncertain, yeah.
0: Thank you, that's been interesting. I'm afraid that's been, uh, that's what we've got time for. Thank you for coming on. It's been absolutely fantastic and interesting to listen to. If anyone listening would like to reach out to Christina, her email is Christina, that's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A at metaverse-institute.org. Thank you for Christina for coming on. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Cook has a market leading blockchain, crypto assets and DeFi team providing legal advice across the whole of the blockchain ecosystem. Our members have been heavily involved in helping shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain and crypto assets from the start, meaning that we have an intuitive understanding of our clients' needs and can provide focused, pragmatic advice at predictable cost. For more information, please visit our website. Thank you again.